Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into our podcast, but we know you may have an idea for your own podcast and that's why we are recommending you go get Anchor. Mm-hmm. You can create your own podcast and then like maybe have us on as guests. You should definitely have us on. For oh, we're, we're, I just checked our calendar. We're busy, Ooh. Oh, but we're available on this day. We can pencil okay, we'll you be, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we in. can do it. Okay, we, we it. said yes. Forget it. I don't like your ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anchor is the system we use and it's got a lot of cool tools. You can actually, it's kind of a one-stop shop place where you can go, you can record, edit everything, even implement songs from Spotify into your podcast. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it the most, to be honest, is that it makes us money and I love money. And it also is free, which is kind of like, you know, you save money. It's like I think that's the biggest money. thing is like it's free. So you don't have to worry about like paying any kind of fee or signing up for thing. And they do everything for you. So you can go there. They will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other places your family are going to ignore you on. So uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started for free. Mm-hmm. Did we mention it's free? Free and you make money. You're going to make money. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Your family will ignore you. That's we're, true. It cuts to the core. We're not, we're not going to be on your podcast. If you're not like us and you want to sound more professional and stay connected with other people, check out Grasshopper, the virtual phone system designed for entrepreneurs. I may soon be an entrepreneur. We'll see what happens with my career and my job. But I mean, soon by default, I may be a freelancer slash entrepreneur. And I will totally use Grasshopper because it works like a traditional phone system, but it requires no hardware to purchase or software to install. And it's all managed online or by phone. You can run your business from anywhere on your mobile phone. It has features like local or toll-free numbers, like those 1-900 numbers that you call, Bo. With multiple extensions, custom call forwarding, you can get texts from your business number, all that fun stuff. Plans only start at $12 a month, and there's a money-back guarantee. And for you, our campers, Grasshopper is offering $50 off your order. You can go to trygrasshopper.com slash campfire. Come on, kids, now gather round. Grab a log and sit right down What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground It's the campfire shit show And now, your camp counselors Bo Hufford and Mero Climo Hey everyone! Ah! I'm so excited for today's episode Yes, me too uh, We are coming from to you from uh, somewhere in, in Los Angeles We promised Chelsea we wouldn't say it yeah, uh, it's definitely not blank. Mm, <laughs> the corner of and <laughs> um, No, uh, we're really excited because today we have the guest. Uh, today our guest is Chelsea London Lloyd. Correct. She is a comedian and actress. She's done a lot of work. She's been on the series Barry. Yep. And schooled. Yep. And she's done commercials and all that stuff. She is ultimately though a comedian at heart. Yeah, she really is. And uh, when I did my show at the La Jolla Comedy Store, she was one of the the fantastic ladies. And yeah. everyone kept on telling me, we love that girl. You know, she's a great writer. She's a great stand-up. And her and I really connected. And we both kind of at one point throughout the night looked at each other and we're like, you're nice. You're nice. <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> it's a weird moment to be like, this is a nice, like high-quality human being. So I, and obviously at the same time, I was going to you to say, I really like this girl, Chelsea. I feel like we should have her on the podcast. Yeah. You ran up to me like, hey, I feel like Chelsea would be perfect for the, the yeah. comedy show that you run. And, and I want to tell her this too but like i was watching her set and as soon as she got off stage i'm like i have to talk to her one to get her on the podcast two to have her on my riff city comedy show 
uh, as a standup. And I just feel like she'd just be such a perfect fit. And I, yeah. I, I was like, yeah, but respect the next comic. And then that person came up and I was like, nope, got to go talk to Chelsea. <laughs> but and that I person is worth and, too. Yeah, of course. I'm just saying like, I was so enamored by her. I didn't yeah. want her to leave. You can't let someone like head back to away. LA and yes. then and me never had that opportunity. So I ran back to talk to her. She was so kind, considerate right from the get go. And so, uh, yeah, we're like, let's have her on the podcast. So we're honored to have Chelsea London Lloyd in our sleeping bag this week. Let's get into that sleeping bag. Wow. Let's go see her. Chelsea. Hey. This is awesome. We're so excited to be here. This is the most official my apartment's ever looked. Also, should we not say we're at my apartment? We should like say we're in the studio. You can totally cut that. Here in Chelsea's studio. Yeah. We won't even say what city it's in. It's it's in L.A. It's in L.A., but we won't even say what. No, not the street. Don't say the street. It's on. No. No, we won't say it. C.A.S. Chelsea Apartment Studios. So <laughs> official. Oh, my God. I love that. And I like how you you your Instagram is also Chelsea who else. And that's how you started your stand up act that I saw. And that really made me like guffaw, laugh out loud. Guffaw. Like, I like, love that. It was word. like a real laugh. So why don't we start with just explain a little bit of who Chelsea is and why the fuck we're here. Yes. I want to hear more about you guys. Well, like we, the host in me is like, can I interview you? Yes. Instead? Oh my gosh. Honestly. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe you, you, cause you witnessed her. Oh, the as- only thing I want to start out with is first off, I saw you in a commercial for KFC and I'm dying because like it's a commercial for a new chicken sandwich that has Cheeto on it. And you're not a child. But in this commercial, <laughs> breaking this, news, yeah, in this commercial, they did a really good job of making you look like a child. And I was like, this is her. It is her. I kept looking at you like you look like a 12 year old kid at the skate park going like KFC Cheeto chicken. And but wait, when was this commercial? I filmed it. Yeah. The, uh, like. Less than a year ago. Really? Oh my <laughs> god! I was thinking it was, you, you're like, well, I was 12, but yeah. they made me look six. Like, please, oh no, this was like please, last year. listener. Yeah. After the podcast. Yeah. Or right now, stop the podcast. Go to YouTube. Check out. Just look up Chelsea London Lloyd KFC commercial. It's amazing. You're so funny. I think they would. I don't think my name would. Maybe if they said no, KFC that's Cheetos. Exactly, no, that's exactly how I looked at it. Oh, up. great. Because I saw that you were on a commercial with KFC. I'm like, well, I got to see it. And then I saw your other one, which actually was really good for um, Alaska Airlines. Thank you. Yeah, I thought you were really good in that. I Thank really you. saw your, uh, because you were at, at, at your core, you're a comedian. And True. I could see. So are you. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> but an actor as well. And I could see both of those. You did a really good job. I was like, oh, you know, you know, sometimes you watch a commercial. Like, I can tell this person's trying to be a thing that they're not. Because that's what acting is, right? Mm-hmm. But in this, I c- kind of felt like I saw you a little bit in it. Am Thank I wrong? You. That is the nice. This is like the nicest thing that's ever happened. This is wow. like the best of my life. Wow, I'm just <laughs> We're like excited to talk to you. I'm just like <laughs> loving this. No, I, wow, I, I, you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> that's so funny. That's what I actually said to to Bo. Is when we'll talk about our show. But when you and I were at the show, you were like to me, like you're nice. I'm like you're nice too. Like, and maybe like, do we should we not expect that anymore? That is that weird? Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the fact that you and I both connected. And I'm like. You're like a human being that makes eye contact and can like write with capital letters. Like that's I so think sweet. Th- I think there's a stigma with actors, comedians from LA, especially down in San Diego, that like they're just a little bit better than us and act that way. Mm. Um, it's not true. We've met plenty of comedians and that actors. That are so nice. And but so, yeah. like there is, I think, in especially I'm from Ohio. You're from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and it's like 
from that area, like people think that I'm like rubbing elbows with George Clooney. Like, <laughs> right. it, like this is like, right. wow, California. Are you kidding me? <laughs> totally. Out with all the famous people. It's like, it's not like that at all. You're like in the know? new right. Grease movie or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the new John Travolta. <laughs> you have your own star on the Hollywood wall. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, totally. <laughs> so as soon funny. as you land in the airport, they just give that to you. Here you go. Put your hands down. Boom. Doom. Right. Welcome to California. Right. <sighs> but yeah. So, so, but I think like, when, especially when you're doing shows or something artistic, I feel like I get the vibe from you too that you're kind of one of us in the way that you're not like a weirdly competitive like you don't see people as like is this my enemy or not you're just like how can I collaborate with this person or that's kind of the the initial impression that I got of you totally. you know thank you so much for noticing <laughs> thank you for one person notice god damn it <laughs> no but I think people are you know their own insecurities can g- get wrapped up in their own they can get wrapped up in their own stuff and mm-hmm. then they're afraid that if they help someone not even that they don't want to help someone but they're just too like vulnerable to to even do that they can't even like let themselves imagine that we could all help each other and we'll all succeed more yeah 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 totally all ships rise it's hard enough doing this even with tons of support even with some you know people that have tons of money and resources like it's still it's that can be its own challenge if you're not good like you still have to be good and you still have to help people you can't do it by yourself right oh and that reminds me before we were at the starbucks hanging out before this and i was sitting next to a girl who was reading a script and i noticed that she was crying there was tears coming down her cheeks and i looked over and she was reading the script and in big letters someone had written like you made a mess of this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all over the script just and, now yeah I no swear. way i told both I'm, like, I'm like something just happened i can't tell you i'm gonna tell you with chelsea but you made a mess of yeah, this you, you made an abs- i think it was like you made an absolute mess of this and oh it were was they like, british <laughs> yeah you made an absolute mess of this. <laughs> but it was in pencil which means it was even more official like definitely a oh. teacher or something so it was in pencil and then it was in like beautiful cursive with like these big lines and i saw her like looking at it for the fr- it was almost like she took it out and she like waited to get to starbucks to see what it had said like in an like did i get accepted way into college i'll open the envelope right yeah. now in front of my family exactly and i watched her take it out slowly and like see it and process it and start to cry oh. and then i asked if she could pass the stevia <laughs> <laughs> but no and then there was another man right across from her that was he had a hat on that said vegan and he was like coloring like he was in his 70s coloring i'm like i love this area and this place yeah. and everything this is inspiring to me yeah and i was sitting away from her just to kind of you know just to reboot and uh <laughs> There was a guy sitting next to me, and he's on the phone, and he had two phones. So it's clearly like a business phone, a personal phone. And so he's like, I hear him talking to a woman. It's clearly he's talking to someone that he's in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Then he puts that phone down, and he gets on the other phone. He goes, hey, sorry, I was on a business call, and is talking to another woman. right? And I'm like, ooh, the info that I have. But then he gets off that call. He looks over at me. We haven't talked at all. We're just like sitting there. And he goes women right (laughs) (laughs) somehow like we end up crazy for him like double timing us like that's so weird and i was just like okay and we ended up getting into like a 30 minute conversation about like are you serious yeah dating and women and being in your 40s and that kind of thing you know was he insane or was it like an intelligent inspired combo i would yeah i I think he was an intelligent man i just think he yeah yeah i'm suspicious he looked like a he looked like a younger idris elba i don't know who that is is it Eldris Ibra? No. <laughs> we should, Ib- <laughs> should we Google this? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Uh-uh. The, you would know. You he's would an know attractive him. black man. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was attractive. 
Yeah, but I mean, this this actor is. Oh, well, okay. So. You know, you Elber. know, what I'm talking I know about. who you're okay, talking okay. about. Yeah, Edris Elba. Yeah, um, I'm still saying it wrong. Elbis Eldrin. No. 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 Oh no. my gosh, elbow plantitis. <laughs> we Al- sound Alpha. intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that story. That was that story. And wow. so yeah, so I first met Chelsea. I was doing a comedy show at the La Jolla Comedy Store. You were store. hysterical. I loved meeting you. You oh had my gosh. excellent energy. Thank you. I didn't realize you were a San Diego and, local. Yes, I was a local, and that was my second stand-up show in Wait, my entire life. Are you joking? <laughs> I swear. Get out. I promise. I was joking. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> you better watch out. Wow. She's the kind of woman who will make you a casserole next. You're wow. pushing her into that, that motherly, that, into that that motherly space. You're like, oh, get out of oh here. Oh, my God. I made you this. Um, Bo yeah. always says. No, th- this is yeah. great because Meryl was taking a stand-up. Pretty w- funny women. Yeah. That class, right? Right. It was the first time. Uh this, she had a show what on the fifth or something um in, at flapper so our like comedy because you did yes. that class too yes. yeah yeah years so, ago yeah mm-hmm. so it was an eight-week class which what we i was driving back and forth from san diego still doing the morning show like having no hours of sleep and blah 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 so uh i love the class so much i feel like it was such a good choice to to choose that one yeah. so our first show was at flappers on december 5th and then the next one was at that, the one that's that a I was huge you. show to do for your second show by the way it, like yeah they're not all that all that great <laughs> let me tell you yeah i know and yeah. that one was there was a lot of my friends in the audience too which i think for better and worse because i was you know that i kind of didn't want to scroll away i just was like okay if you, you guys want to come watch that's fine like i you know i had to kind of get over the like no don't look at me right. kind of thing so right. i think that one was a really good one to to be like okay I'm still totally new at this. I'm not quite sure at all what I'm doing, but I am also going to have like a bunch of friends staring at me. So I think that one was good to kind of get over that. Cause I also think too, a lot of my friends already asked like, so are you going to like do those jokes again? Like, are we done with this? And I'm like, oh, okay. You're so. like, oh honey, let <laughs> yeah. me tell you, they're coming. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah the same yeah, yeah. ones are coming. So, yeah. For the next like 18 years, like yeah. this is all I've got. Well, what's so. crazy is, and, and this is what I love about like when, when someone goes into something, they don't know the rules to, right. they don't realize you don't, write new material every single time so then you end up writing new material every time and that's mm-hmm. what she's doing right now like we were talking on the I way have... here she's like i'm i just got asked to do my third show i've decided i'm going to do all new material i'm like meryl, I'm going to. meryl. Wow. okay but here's the thing it's six minutes and it's february 13th so I, I know i just love that like that idea that you're like I make the rules i don't <laughs> know i guess you just do a whole new set every single time and it's like wow you're gutsy but if i think mm-hmm. i have six minutes of stuff i'm gonna try it out who cares? who cares? Who cares? Honestly, the, who cares? That's like, what you need to have. That you need to have that mentality. It's that's okay. Really like honestly, who yes. cares? Am I gonna get like swept up in a tsunami if I'm so bad? No. Like I'll just be embarrassed and walk off the stage. And the be next, fine. the like, next scene is like the the water rising over <laughs> you. <laughs> that's a great attitude to have. About yeah. I think with stand up, it's it is constantly evolving. It is constantly writing new material, but it's also always constantly refining what you have. So yeah. it's like yeah. you have to be doing both and some people have really different approaches like some people do new stuff all the time i tend to take approach of like i will beat the same thing Mm. at mics for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and like a lot of my friends are like i would never do that that's horrible and now i've tried not doing that too because it's actually kind of more empowering to just like go up to a mic and just talk and yeah. not have a plan yeah. you have to yeah. do that too so you have to basically do like 10 a day good luck everyone like, yeah. it's like it's I don't that's the kind of thing is i don't think i'm in for that journey with stand up because right. already a bunch of girls up from my class are like we have you know the facebook group and yeah a lot of them are like we're going here every sunday we're going here every tuesday and i'm like i just like i might 
in that in particular i don't know if i have what it takes to like really to drive six hours three times a week because we yeah. live in san diego to meet up yeah. with them yes exactly exactly so is that do you are you still doing like stand up regularly or kind of do you pick and choose like shows here and there that you that you want to do or it depends i mean i definitely have months where it's like i'm super booked and i have months where i'm not super booked because you know that's just how the journey is as you go up and so i think it's it's like a healthy mix right now and i still do mics because i'm still working on you know would love to get to an hour who a lot of comedians have that goal not original but (laughs) but, but yeah it's a fun journey and i do other stuff too so some people like that's their full-time main 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 thing yeah and they're not also writers are also actors are also all the xyz things right so one does can you talk a little bit about those other other things that you're doing just to give us an idea sure and wait just before you go on the other stuff i want to compliment your stand-up because the reason that we connected with you is that you were so 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 funny at the show and I, I, it was a unanimous thing when, and it's also it's so weird with these types of things because then people discuss after the show of like a bracket of like she was better than her and she right. was, which right. is also like I don't want to do that at shows or sure. at any, it's so right. weird to like it's, it's all about your sensibility though it really is like what did you like right yeah yeah and yeah people think like well this I think she was the best or he was yeah the best it's so one. weird that we do that I with get the that show all the time on my show it's like people come up after and I was like really love that last guy but right. I mean what was up with the third guy it's because like hey you know the show is a collective and then it's like yeah yeah Yeah. not not like a pitting but but anyway but it was unanimous that everyone loved your stuff so much and the the compliment i kept on hearing about you was like you can tell what a great writer you are Mm -hmm. from the like tightness of your jokes and just like the turn of phrases and everything so that's so nice i I think that does come from what you're saying of like just practicing overdoing it picking the right words you hear that a lot like you know seinfeld chris rock they talk about that on uh, their interviews it's like Mm -hmm. it's about crafting that joke to be exactly perfectly tight just like no extra fat on this joke yes the words are used for a reason and you're uh, the the way that i say it is a reason everything is like a nice play it's Mm -hmm. an it's an act each joke you know i know that when i saw you i didn't mention this earlier i don't think um i was sitting there and i'm always looking for new comics to have on my show and i was like okay, who the fuck is this? I've never heard of this person. And they are ruling this moment. Like, and, and I, and the, it was you, and you next, guys are, this is like the nicest day of my life. Okay. Oh my God. No, no, it's okay. true though. It's true because like, <laughs> as soon as you got off stage, another comic got up and typically I'd be like, well, I have to watch this comic. And I, I watched for like maybe 30 seconds. I'm like, nope. Okay. So I'm going to go talk to her. <laughs> and I came and, found you and I was like hey I run a show and so does a lot of people but like do you want to hang out (laughs) and and it was like you were so kind and I was like all right this person's gonna go someplace or they're gonna get you know horribly like treated in Hollywood and turn into a piece of shit so (laughs) right now I'm just glad to get you right before either of those yeah do people when you go up to them sometimes after like are some people you know does it kind of shatter the image you have their comedy if they're you know are people rude or weird or how has that some people are awkward right but i think that just comes with comedy and then sometimes i get really surprised like we had uh eddie pepitone on the show Mm -hmm. do you know who that is that sounds he's like a famous 
dude has been in the industry for a long time. Okay. You better look him up. Okay. You should not. He's Jewish too. Jesus Christ. Um, I need to know him. But yeah. I went up. He he <laughs> started me. talking. That's everyone in Fuck Hollywood. Me. That's every. That's what, it's like literally all of. Do you know every like three times a day people are like you know who I'm talking about right? You you should know him. I'm like this that's is everyone. Seventy five people per week that I quote unquote should really. Know. <laughs> yes, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, and, and and honestly, in Hollywood, it's like saying like you know he's Jewish. It's like doesn't really narrow anything yeah, down. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> Right. Um, but uh, he started talking to me and was so personable. Mm. And I was surprised. I was like, why am I surprised that this guy mm. who's pretty famous in the comedy world, you know, is like nice. Right. And it's because a lot of times you'll go up and people are just a little bit like weird. Yes. A little awkward. Oh, maybe yeah. like I'm better than you. Maybe like I don't want to talk to this person. I'm like, All right. You know what, too? Yeah. The stand ups like like the like Natasha Legero and people like that have said before that they hate coming on morning radio. So like mm. on the flip end of things, a lot of people when I when I do our show and they'll like I'm trying to promote the comics that come to, to the local venues and stuff like that. And we've mm-hmm. had comics in. Uh, and I know it sucks because it's so early and yeah. I totally get it. But like we're trying to promote them and I get people that come in with like sunglasses on and like don't look at us. And <laughs> you would think that they're like Led Zeppelin or something. But you're like, right. OK, you're going to be gone the next night and then there's going to be a new comic. So I definitely see that like, people are weird. But it seems to be like the, the upper, upper level. of. I was going to say yeah. you're you're not typical on the radio, though. There's a lot of radio guys like I, I think David Cross. Had, do you know who that is? Yeah. He's also Jewish. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> Jesus I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say Jesus my Christ. Uncle. <laughs> no, but he was talking about morning radio, and people come on. And it's like it's the Badger and the Crazy oh, Guy, or something headache. like that. Yeah. It's like I can't do this at five a.m. Yeah, I don't right. get to that. plug my comedy show. Like this is awful. And you're totally not like that. So no. Do you right. start at five a.m.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, wow. sh- or our show starts at. Uh, our show starts at six, but I get there at like five fifteen, which means Whoa. I wake up in the fours. What's it called? It's uh, it's called the Cantori Show because I my co-host is uh, Chris Cantori, this guy Chris, who's been on the radio forever and ever at different stations in San Diego. So it's just me and him. So it's it's really fun. It's cool. That's so cool. Yep. I love this about you. Oh, thank I don't you. think I know anyone that does a morning radio show. So. Really? It's funny. Cool. Like, today, I feel like you would love it because today all we did was talk about like National Bagel Day and then. Oh my like, God, the Jewish system. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Jewy. We need to know more about you. Yeah, we want to hear all about oh, you. The host we in me c- is really struggling. I have so many questions. <laughs> okay. But okay. What if we like take? What if we're like question, question, question? Right. <laughs> Rotate, pass the ball, pass the ball. It's so nice talking to someone that has questions. Oh my god, I want to cry. <laughs> yeah, well, I was saying I would love to. I, you know, I would love to have you as on my podcast, but you have to have a dead parent. So like oh, next time, time your mom dies, me t- yeah. Bo's, call me. Bo's dad is basically. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, yours. Th- your dad's the one having tremors. Yeah, I know. Jeez. Oh, no. What if we? I know oh. he has non-essential hand tremors that I, like i know it's wait wait are there essential hand tremors the, that's parkinson's it, when it's not parkinson's it's called non-essential hand tremors oh, can you God. imagine the doctor sad. looking at you and be like well just non-essential i know hand tremors, like and he accidentally messaged me the other day like with my mom it was supposed to just go to my mom but it was me and my mom and he wrote like i really need to get a hearing aid he was at a conference and he could like couldn't hear and i think that would be something that they would like <laughs> shield from me but like me seeing that my dad needed needed a hearing aid it's like all i've focused on for the past week i'm just like did daddy get a hearing aid <laughs> like, I, I like know. that you still call him daddy daddy like it's it. a jewish thing is it, it is, is yeah. it? no i don't know mine's dead like i, I wouldn't know but <laughs> okay let's talk about that yeah, let's okay. really talk yes. about your dead father okay, okay. please okay. bottom line me you guys are in charge i'll just keep talking about random tangents i no, love so it we, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. so okay. it is a big part of who you are and your work so mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that how it got started what the fuck it is yes the like the death part of it all death? well i mean okay. I, I think people 
well, I just what you do with it. Okay, wow, sure. It sounds really weird at this point. Just you better explain something. Well, <laughs> yeah, you better be good. No, <laughs> I mean, there's no kind of not awkward way to talk about yeah death and illness and everything. But I think as long as we all talk about it at least a little bit, sometimes it becomes less bizarre. So yeah, my dad had ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, which people might know from the Ice Bucket Challenge, yeah. and he had it for. About 15 years, which your muscles stop working and eventually deteriorate. So you're completely coherent. You just become paralyzed. And, mm. they and it's like no, not curable, right? Like, that's, right. Oh. I, I'm like, it's kind of the worst. You know, there's a lot of bad diseases, but it's yeah. definitely a tricky one. So he died uh, when I was 19. And just the inspiration that came from that is, wow, life is so much shorter than we realize just to see an able-bodied normal person that can no longer work he was a lawyer he loved law I mean I don't but just to imagine you know you guys love what you do sure. I know what I do to sure. imagine you just can't can't do, do the thing that you love. and is there any does ALS have any sort of like this gene or this is it just does it seem like it's just totally random that it happens to people so they're learning more and more they still don't know how you get it or why but it's common in usually men in their 50s it's more common in men than women and a lot of athletes do happen to have it which I think is really interesting like is that some kind of chemical in the grass is it because some kind of head injury or injury honestly in the grass like now like roundup is you know everyone is getting sick from roundup and all that kind of stuff that's the number one reason why i'm not active right Uh now that's actually that's perfect i'm avoiding als (laughs) so here we go when your father passed away Mm -hmm. you have turned that into something can you explain that yeah yes sure well it's been a long journey it's it's I haven't always been this way. I actually have a lot of stand up about it and I actually didn't do any I don't think I did any death stuff at that, sh- that set. Yeah, I'm still playing with it. So that's, you know, been a new thing in the past year is like actually doing jokes about it. But I've found it work works better in a little bit of a longer set. Uh-huh. Um, when it's a short set, I've I've tried it, but it's just like, whoa, this is a lot of info. It's nice to like warm up to like you already trust who you're watching and then you can yeah kind of go, go there yeah. yeah but whereas like it's like it's a quick set it's just like what ah death i don't know <laughs> just like <laughs> the four minute yeah. set on like yeah. that now when did you f- just kind of feel it was time to start writing about it or did, were you already writing and then it came through you and you're like whoa okay we're ready for this now like so a few things came to a head so i started stand-up years ago and then i ended up hosting this show for a year which when I did that um it was this pop culture show on clever tv under Verizon and then I had to I basically canceled any kind of momentum I had in any other things because that was like the priority which was amazing and then stand-up just totally went away and then I had you know several years to uh, age I don't know mm-hmm. just to have some more life experience so then I you know what I was doing years ago like that was so surface and not right. funny I'm right. like I, I have so much respect for really really young comedians that are like 19 20 21 yeah, that I kill it because yeah. I'm like wow where is this even coming from yeah so then um a few years ago my mom uh she was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer which she will have the rest of her life because it had spread so when that diagnosis came to be it was just such a 
another really, really big yeah. part of my life and seeing a second parent with a terminal illness, I was like, okay, like I thought this was all behind me. Mm. And then it kind of became, oh, actually, no, it's, it's just beginning and it's going to keep because she ha- will have it. Um, she won't ever not have it. I was like, man, like I can't escape this. This is so a part of who I am. Cause my dad, yeah, it was when I was four to 19. He had that. So it's like, I wow. already was thinking about it for so long. Wow. Yeah. And then when she, and she also had it. Well, my parents were diagnosed the same year. She had breast cancer before and then it came back this time. So Jeez. I've just thought about this stuff for a long time. And was it like when your dad, when you were ages four to 19, uh, was he was he able to like go see you in school things or was he did it like I mean I'm sure towards the end and you got not so good but like were those years was he able to you know kind of still great there? question yeah so he became completely paralyzed head to toe um, by the time I was 12 he actually wasn't diagnosed till I was eight for several years he was not diagnosed because who knows why I don't know you don't assume it's gonna be wow. a lesson it, some people it's just it's so so subtle that like he he would he said he would like drop forks and not you know drop pens that just for about a year and not just huh. but but only like once out of every bajillion like, but that's times. like all of us you know what I mean like yeah yeah, right. yeah totally yeah so it was, yeah so in third grade then he was diagnosed and then when I was twelve he was completely paralyzed so that means you know he couldn't move his head he couldn't itch his face he couldn't change a channel just like complete Ugh. oh. So he moved into a 24-hour care home, like 45 minutes away. My oh my mom god! Cared for him for years, and then yeah, there's only that's a long way, huh? I wh- saw wh- him wh- a lot. Where did you grow up? Um, I'm from the Bay Area. Okay. Um, a town called Novato. It's like okay. 45 minutes from San Francisco. So yeah, I mean, it sounds really sad, and it was, but it also was just very normal at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's so gradual, s- right? I think it's more sad now. Honestly, at the time, it was just like, okay, this is confusing. Right. But now I'm like, oh, wow. Once you become an adult, understanding that an adult was having that experience is is more difficult, I think, to process. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, there was something, I don't know if you wrote it or if it was a quote that you got from somewhere else, but I was reading about it, and it really like made me stop in my tracks. It said, grief is love with nowhere to go. I did not write. Okay. Okay. I I read that. I was almost joining the girl at Starbucks next to me crying because I read that. And it really like (laughs) I have just even in the form of a pet, like I just, you know, I recently lost my dog last year and I've like, I've really struggled with grief this past year. And I've like that, that really sums up that feeling of like you love something so much and then it's not there. And then it's like, it's very, it's really a painful experience to have like that love go away or not be present, you know? Yeah. So I quote that a lot, but no, I did not write okay, that. Just such a I wish I would have been like the most <laughs> amazing person ever, but no, I quote that a lot because I, I agree. I just think it's, it's so accurate. Yeah. You seem really, uh, I guess wise beyond your years. Um, does that make it hard for you? I just, I don't know why I just thought about this when you said that. I was like, that's a really smart quote to live by, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a hard time finding love in relationships because of your, <laughs> look at you, you're just like, you want to talk, but you're like, I'm waiting for you to finish asking the question. <laughs> well, podcasts, everyone's always interrupting everyone. That's I'm true. guilty as well. So I just yeah. try not to, you know, bow. I, I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, but it, does that does that make it difficult for you? Because you are on such a fast track of like, I'm getting this shit done. Mm-hmm. I'm on my, you know, my tour, my schedule, that kind of thing. Is it hard for you to have a relationship? 
Um, these are good questions. So I've been in a relationship for four years oh. as, as of now. So it's interesting though. It does. How does it affect? Uh, I mean, it does a lot. I. I mean, for years and years, I really felt affected by all of this. Mm. I also saw my dad for once a week for a lot of my life, which mm. I thought was fantastic and normal. So like men that I didn't interact with as often, I would felt really close and comfortable. Ah. I was like, Oh, we're like, so, you know, close. Yeah. And my friends would be like, well, like, are you though? So that was a thing. I okay. interesting. Cause we do like, you know, kind of role model our relationships yeah. after our parents. So that is crazy yeah. to think about like, you're going, you went into the dating world with like, okay, like once or twice a week is like, that's awesome. Which yeah. I, I think would make a lot of men very happy. I was just like, going to say, what I, I, know. I think I just met the perfect girl. I know. I know. It sounds no, like both no, me no. and Bo's like, like honestly, <laughs> our happiest relationship. Yeah. You gotta find somebody who lost their parents. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I think it's all hilarious. But it's, yeah, I mean, it, uh, I, I have my own challenges with relationships. I think that I'm, you know, really happy and lucky to be in the loving relationship I'm in now. It wasn't easy and it's still not easy. I mean, relationships in general, I, I know. yeah, yes. there's so much more to them than people talk about. I'm definitely not like I'm a perfect, happy, secure relationship person. Like I still identify more with single people, which is actually a huge issue because mm -hmm. some of my other friends and, and you know, are like Chelsea, you have to stop joking about that. Like you are not single. <laughs> it's been like four what years. are you yeah, doing? Right? Yeah. But I just like single people. I'm like, yes, because I didn't have a relationship when I was like, I think if you had a relationship when you're like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you really understand relationships in a different way. Whereas I felt like the outsider during those years, like no one would ever like me. But now, I mean, that's just normal teenage stuff. Yeah. But like, didn't you, did you guys have some friends who like always had a relationship that yes. young and some yeah. who didn't? Yeah. Same thing as I was, like 23 was probably my first like boyfriend, boyfriend. Do you, do you feel like you identify and like joke around and like empathize with single people because oh, you yeah. see, <laughs> so do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, what even now, like I live in San Diego now and I'm probably going to move up here in a few months and oh, stuff. Congratulations. And so, thank you. So yeah. like even just, just even now exploring like living with someone and then trying to make it be like I still love our relationship but I'm going to possibly move into a whole other city you wow. know and almost dealing with that because we bought a house and like we bought a townhome and so just trying oh to go with gosh. that yeah 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 Wait, in, in San Diego yep and what made you decide to move to LA the, um, the career stuff or, I've, yeah. I've wanted to for many years and then mm -hmm. my the radio job is ending soon and so it's just like the right time I think mm. you know the right time but but everyone it's so funny because everyone's like the first beat they ask is like what about jack you know what about your boyfriend and so right I, that's like it's i totally get it in the way that i think Bo is like me too where we could possibly live in a different city than our person but still like be loyal and be loving but just think, be on your own i think the main thing that people get caught up on is mm -hmm. like once you find someone in a relationship it's like okay now you're settled now this is you're like stuck together you but, know but, but uh, my opinion and this is not to be you know disrespectful to my relationship but it's mm -hmm. like uh i'm on my journey they are on their journey i totally respect their journey and if their journey brought them to a place where it's like you have a once in a lifetime opportunity to do this thing that takes you further from me then we can decide then i'm not gonna be like well absolutely not or i'm moving too it's like right. i don't know that i feel that way because i feel like I am on when I die, I'm dying alone. I am dying on my journey, you know, mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that I do everything I want to do in this life 
And I kind of feel like that's what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got to get out there and get it because no one else is going to get it for you. I know so many people who are waiting for someone to knock on their door and be like, hey, are you that person who has a lot of talent that we've <laughs> been looking tweet? for? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think that you've got to get out there and chase your shit. And yeah. Okay. But that way scares me too because my parents yeah. are still like very happily married yeah, but and we're stuff. not from but our parents generation I know. but then i feel the like if my parents at every whim was just to be like oopsies bye mm-hmm. you know like that's another thing is a little part of me it's so weird because it's like i i like do being you, stuck do, together wait, wait, wait. but do you want your parents life um no do you want to live in pennsylvania no not not pennsylvania so but i wouldn't mind having like a similar thing to their marriage and and, yeah. and like mm-hmm. our family like I, I get i get that I get that, but you don't live in that world. No, but that was them continuing to stick together, like no matter yeah. what. Well, maybe if they lived in San Diego or L.A. and they were like, "I want to be famous," then they would have moved in different directions. But That's because true. they were in Podunk, Pennsylvania, like my parents are in Ohio, yeah, it's like there's less yeah. opportunity. That's, that's true. I yeah. hate to say right. that. I hate to say that, but uh, people like us and all of our lis- listeners, of course, yeah, uh, we have like this motivation. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, I just do think that's different. It's such a blessing and a curse too. I mean, it's a blessing. Like I, w- I couldn't imagine living another way. I'm sure you guys couldn't imagine mm-hmm. living another way. But I do think when it comes to relationships, it is important to have some kind of practice or therapy or thoughtfulness around it because I'm so quick to just be like, okay, career, career is number yeah. one, and yeah. you, you guys are the same, and and so many comedy people are. But it's like, what is there room for in the big picture? Like, how right. can it all fit together? Right. Because you don't want to be running away from something amazing just because you think a certain thing when you can have room for it all is what I'm learning yeah. and working on. Yeah. But it's confusing how you present that and articulate that. It, it, it's just it's just a fascinating journey like it is i think there's a way to have it all i really do but maybe not all at one time yeah that's true to be like this couple of years is focused on family more a little bit right more. like and you can still do the other stuff but it's like yeah it almost like takes turns of being well, like what's see, up next you see mm-hmm. people in in especially in hollywood they like step away from the thing that they've been doing for the last decade two decades be like i'm gonna go raise a children you know raise my kids uh daniel day lewis like retired and he, he's like i'm still young and i've done a lot of this and i want to go do something else like yeah. yeah i don't need to do this because you want me to do this you know right. so he's kind of living that world of you know having it all i don't know him right i mean right. do you yeah yeah i mean you're in hollywood you know everybody right he interviewed me on for his podcast right before this <laughs> <laughs> he just left he just left <laughs> um so Speaking of podcasts, mm-hmm. which is where... Oh my gosh, I was going to say the same thing now. We're thinking the same things, Bo. That's you guys scary. are really cute co-hosts, like Thank I have you. to say. We are. <laughs> we got into a big fight yesterday, though. Be- or Bo got mad at me because I like to end our episodes. You'll hear at the end of like this episode. No, she won't, probably. <laughs> yes, she will. No, because you won't do it. <laughs> oh, beef. He, yeah, this is totally beef. He, I like to... Like when we're done, when we're done speaking with our guest, like we... We wrap it up and then we then at the end of the episodes, I just like to be like, bye, that's it. And Bo gets mad because he feels like I'm like leaving too soon, you know. And so he, well, I, because it's like the middle of a sentence, <laughs> just like, uh, yeah. So, you know, anyway, OK, bye. And I'm like, because I'm done. Well, our listeners need a little bit of uh, like a period to that sentence, you know, kind of thing. And he got like, re- like there's only been. Uh, no, really, it's it because it's happened so many times. Me. I've mentioned it several times. And finally, I was like, all right, this is kind of getting to be bullshit. Okay, bye. And then she just bye me. And I was like, hmm. But what was great is 
you guys are dating each other. No, and no. This <laughs> definitely not. No, which is, why, which is why we could work together. Weekly, yeah, yeah. Because we're both. But like, it's yeah. funny because then I played the part back to prove my point. Mm. And uh, I had it queued up in our episode. And the way I do that <laughs> is I, I, yeah, no, I no, like, it wasn't so it actually wasn't petty. I was like, let's listen. It's like let's a football listen. thing where he circled like, this is where you say bye. This is where you <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I put it into the, the file and in the file has our ending music and the person who comes up and goes, this episode was brought to you by whatever. Right. And so I hadn't I put it in and it overlapped a little bit. So as we're on the podcast still recording you hear us arguing and then the voice comes over and goes this episode but we're still arguing in the background <laughs> and it's so fucking we funny that laughing. we were crying laughing and then the fight was over yeah was, so the whole fight lasted about two minutes which is two why minutes. which is why we're not yeah. dating because yeah. otherwise it would, would have lasted like two and a half years and why we're good podcast mates yeah, yeah. so talk about your podcast that's okay. what i want to hear about right. your podcast God, we just talk about ourselves meryl stop that dying of laughter yes um, this is totally new, but I was saying to you guys before we got on the mic, I've been recording it for a year. So I feel like I'm one of y'all. Like, I yes. feel like I've been podcasting, you know, I'm like, yeah. I earned this, like I've been around for a year, but no, it just came out actually last week. So I don't know when this episode will air, but it's called dying of laughter and it's interviews with millennial comedians and funny at heart humans who've lost a parent or a sibling specifically. So it's like a lot of comedy people. I have some really cool guests I'm excited about and it doesn't have to be about their grief journey every time. A lot of them are, but sometimes it's like shooting the shit about their business, their career. You know, you guys interview people, things get crazy, but there's also, um, I have a lot of episodes with like genetics counselors and therapists oh, and nice. talking about how you can, it's just like, there's so much stuff. It's like how to clean your house and your parents' eyes, how to test oh, for yeah. your genetic stuff, even if you don't have an illness and just want to learn more about that. So there is stuff for people who aren't grieving. I'm in a perfect world. This is not where I'm at yet, but in a perfect world, like every Tuesday, it would be the grief episode. Every Thursday would be the other stuff. You're doing two episodes a week. No, I'm saying that's the perfect world. <sighs> so the, I was like, wow, you are. Yeah, ballsy. no. So would no, the, in it's a perfect week world, right now. Would the Thursday be with uh, like the other stuff with the Tuesday person? No, or? it would just be episodes with the therapist, genetics counselors, funeral directors, oh, I get it. oncologists. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Tuesday is the grieving person, and Thursday <laughs> would be the like expert. Yeah, that's I the goal. Yeah. but right yeah. now, you know, two a week. It's we're not there Ooh. yet, but she can do it. Yes. Oh, of course you can. It's not that. I just know how much work that is. And no, I'm like, no, no, good no, no. for you. You go. Get no, it. it's this is I'm like a perfect world. You guys are like, you're doing it. I'm like, no, this is the world. That we're not we're in. in the perfect world. And yeah. I think that's so smart because honestly, that's something I think about that. If my parents were to pass away, like I don't even know what bank they belong to. I don't know. I wouldn't know like where to even start to pick up the pieces. And right. like, yeah, there's probably a, I'm an only child and I could have there's probably other people that listen that don't have like a whole force of siblings to help them. It's funny. Actually, side note: like I, the last time I was home at my parents' house, like I was like, please, please, get your shit cleaned up because yeah, when you right? guys die, yeah, right? when you guys die, and we're all going to die. Yes. Okay, do not leave this with me. I don't want to have <laughs> like to fly to home and sort through your shit. Call one hundred junk. And like, yeah, yeah. It's just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna burn it. I'm gonna mm -hmm. burn the whole place and just sell the lot. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want the insurance money for the house. I'm going to burn it and everything <laughs> inside. And I just want the land and I'll sell it and peace out because I'm not cleaning that shit up. I There's know. I no think way. we all guys, I feel like realistically, we're all going to, we're all doing it. I all know. of our houses are coming I for know. us. Guys. <laughs> you sound like a Tuesday person, not a Thursday person. <laughs> God. Like, God. <laughs> that was hilarious. So no, I'm so excited. I have like tons. I have like, I think like 25 episodes at least banked. And so they'll, 
come out yeah every week just like you guys are doing so it's it's exciting it's been so much fun i really enjoy it uh in interviewing the people what has been like a a theme that you have heard that has like really helped people and i guess with you too what was like was it cognitive therapy or you know energy healing or what kind of what things that have you done to like really that you saw like a big um just a big like clearing of talking to other people who really lost someone uh-huh. and I when my dad died I didn't know I mean I probably knew someone but I didn't have anyone that I talked to that had also lost someone and you know so the podcast you guys know it's a cool way for people who yeah. might not know someone to have access so that was just a really common thread and then like years later actually in Lisa's class I met someone who had lost her brother what was cool was her story was so different like she lost her older brother I lost my dad it's completely different stories but it was like the first time I felt so connected to someone it felt like oh my god this is so healing even though it was completely different yeah so I'm like that's cool um but yeah, some of my favorite things have been actually talking to genetics counselors really? about um, when and how, why you should test, you know, your, your breast health, screening for breast cancer, screening for diseases. Because I think it's really under, it's really not understood. And everyone has access to genetic testing and this information, but like doctors don't recommend it all the time. Mm. People don't know about it. It's not something super... Address. So is that like 23 and me kind of thing or or that's that and that that would tell you that type of stuff? So great question. Yes and no. So that would be considered one version you could find out. It's called direct assume direct to consumer genetic testing. The launch party tomorrow I have a genetics cu- counselor coming who I wish she was coming I know, me too. hear about all this but she'll be on the podcast too to her episode. Um we'll talk about this but it, so the the number one I don't know if this is so boring. So no, 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 no. Honestly, okay. this is like so interesting okay. to me. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. So, so do you guys know about the just curious the BRCA gene or BRCA gene? Have you I ever heard about I wrote that down it? because I saw that uh is that what your mom is that like something and it's also like I saw it in Jewish women or, or something too. Great question. So it's yeah, it's very let me break this down. So the BRCA gene we all have it. But then certain people have a mutation. So about one in three to four hundred people will have this mutation, men or women. If you're Ashkenazi Jewish, one in 40. So ten times more likely um, you have this mutation. If you have this mutation, you have up to an 80 to 85 percent chance of being diagnosed with breast cancer. I know that's heavy information and i i really am cognizant of not wanting to sound like depressing i think our society has a thing about like pain porn it's like how sad can you be yeah. i'm not trying to be that or person. alarmist oh my and God, stuff but so yeah funny. it's yeah. different that i think it, what, but you're just almost like giving the actual facts and yeah i was doing a lot of research about it last year because i yeah so like when my mom's diagnosis came again i you know started volunteering as a grief counselor i joined the board of advisors for this organization called the young survivors coalition for women under 40 with breast cancer representing co-survivors which means i represent people who have lost let's say their mom or it's not the person with cancer it's someone supporting them in the Mm. family and with these um, volunteer things I was doing I kept learning about and hearing about BRCA and when I did the research that said you are with almost certainty could have breast cancer that really stood out to me and I talked to some doctors about it and 
you know, if you just Google it and blogs and stuff, there's people that are really advocating for this information to get out there because there's no medical establishment or community that recommends healthy Jewish women get screened when mm. one in 40 is, I mean, I have 40 Jewish friends, I yeah. can name off the top of my head. And it's not about alarming someone. It's about giving information so that people can decide if they want to test so if you want to test you can go through a genetics counselor it's a genetics counselor someone who bridges the gap between basically science and therapy so they understand like the bio you know the the biology side but they also know how to talk to patients about the psychological effects of you know finding out and what you want to do you can also meet with a genetics counselor without doing genetics test genetic testing. So if anyone's interested in just talking to someone, you can literally have a meeting with them. Just talk about it. You don't have to give your blood that day or ever. Mm. Um, just to they can go through your family history. Um, but a lot of the people that I know personally with the BRCA gene are actually not Jewish because there's still so many people with this mutation and at which point a double mastectomy may i mean i personally it's just my opinion i personally recommend that which Mm -hmm. is a huge huge decision not underplaying the fact that that's a that's a big deal Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of women with breast cancer that then find out they had the brca mutation and they have to remove their breasts anyway and they have cancer so it's a it's kind of an interesting community of people who they're called previvors you know ah uh, yeah they're still going through a big d- thing of getting their breasts sometimes their ovaries removed which means you you know you would freeze your eggs because you wouldn't be able to have kids it's a huge deal but then people with cancer it technically that is what they're doing worse as well yeah off yeah because yeah. they also have cancer so it's yeah. like where do they fit in the world and if there's anyone that I can ever help around this journey, like I feel bad. I, I thought a lot about how I would feel if someone found out about this through me. I mean, that's what my whole event is tomorrow. And if someone decides to test and they have it, and if they're upset, like I've thought about how I want to handle that. But yeah. I just I've seen everything with my mom. She had it, you know, when I was eight, she has it again. It is just a huge fucking undertaking and if there's someone out there that can find out Mm. that they can take preventative steps yeah then why yeah some people don't want to know i think it's better to know and like be able to take care of it than to be like not know and then just burnt but this is where i wish oh sorry go ahead i was gonna Mm -hmm. say this is where i wish that like the genetics counselor tests you you have the they say you have the mutation but then i also wish there was a whole line of like this is the nutritionist like this is what we eat for this this is like the Mm -hmm. specific herbs we recommend like do you see that is that already happening or do you kind of see that of like that you could that there's like a lot of solutions rather than just kind of like uh guessing your fate there's absolutely a solution and when you have a double mastectomy your chances are drastic like they're almost nothing really yeah if you have your breasts removed i mean because that's where breast cancer, you know, that's yeah. where you get your breast. So that is a huge solution. If you don't want to do that, at least if you know, then you can screen regularly. By regular, I mean more breast exams, earlier mammograms, more frequent testing. That is another option, which is still 
much better than not knowing you have it, I think, and then mm. not doing the earlier detection. So I want to ask you, so mm-hmm. have you done this? You're like, so where are you at this journey? Yeah. So I have not. Let me explain why. Okay. I will be doing that in the next couple years before I'm 30 is what I decided. And I'm going to document the experience on, for the podcast of like wow. every step of what I do. Wow. But also here's why I haven't done it already. So my, so my mom was tested. She does not have the gene. If your mom doesn't have the gene or my mom doesn't have the gene. So now I'm in the same pool as any other Jewish person, which is still a very high. Right. But if my mom had the gene, it would be a 50% chance that I have it. And then it's like, you need to test like that week. So once she found out that she didn't have it, then it just becomes less of a thing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't know necessarily that someone in their family, maybe like, your great aunt had breast cancer or your grandma. Sometimes people don't know, but if anyone in your family has had breast or ovarian cancer, I would recommend you first ask your family members, has anyone done genetic testing? That information is really helpful. And then the next step would be, you could go to a genetics counselor and just talk to them. You don't have to test. And maybe you just decide, okay, when I'm 30, I'm going to test. Or when I'm 35, I'm going to test. Or even... 40 but at least you're not not doing anything ever at any point this is such a heavy topic and it must be a huge part of who you are Mm -hmm. um the fact that you took that all this information that like i'm still like (laughs) what um it's weird to me that the mutation is in jewish people right um that's crazy that's crazy to me. Uh, but then for you to take all of this information, all of this heartbreak, essentially, this mm-hmm. information, and turn it into comedy, what is that journey like? And why did you choose to do that? Because, I mean, it can be a lot of doom and gloom and just like, here are the facts. We're talking about the facts. There is no funny. But mm-hmm. like you're making jokes about these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. What made you feel like that was the outlet? Great question. Also, I really hate when people say great question on oh. podcasts. Really? I think I've done that like 10 times. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like I'm talking about myself. I'll keep like, great question. That's what, see, it makes me so feel so happy. I'm like, she said, we, we had said a great question. Like, I take it that. Is like like, an, it's like an approval, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. See, like tonight in my journal, I'm like, Chelsea said I had, had a great question. Like, <laughs> as I eat like M&Ms with your face on them. Which, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I do have M&Ms with my face on them. They're the, so beautiful. The swag packs. Thank you. Like what a dumb thing. Like why did I do that? No, I because you're having like... a big deal launch party tomorrow. For my the favorite podcast. part that's is amazing. that, uh, you know, obviously M&Ms have a history of giving people cancer. Oh, that's true. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That is true. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? The, like the red, the, the pink red dye, dye or something. Yeah, dye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my no, God. Was okay. it literally the pink dye? That my M&Ms are pink. Okay, great. But they've changed that, I think. Yellow dye is like the brain and then, yeah yeah you're different. so right wow <laughs> different m&m colors gives different ca- types of cancer like the pancreatic cancer is the, the black <laughs> yeah yeah totally the starburst equals like oh my god oh tumors. my god yeah greens liver cancer no <sighs> hey next next time i do a launch party and i can afford a <laughs> vegan salad for everyone Celery i will consider that yeah in the party favors yeah oh, uh, oh yeah yeah so, so where, are all the com- yeah. where are the comedy streams from <laughs> well i think you know Comedy comes from truth, and the truth is funny. Yeah. So it's just so many of my experiences, how I've thought about the world, have for some reason related to this. Like I said, you know, there I was in elementary school when both of them, like my dad was in wheelchair, my mom was bald. Like it was really? just a shit show from mm. day one. So 
and not to say my life was bad I I mean it, it was all good like I had a good life and this is weird I don't want to talk about my oh no but no, no. Just, but, but you were probably yeah. loved like you yeah. probably feel fortunate in many ways that you probably like you guys weren't on the streets you had food on the table like right. yeah were your, is, were your parents pretty funny during that process Cause that's a lot of stuff to go through so no she didn't say okay. that was a yeah. great question yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. sorry no, <laughs> no it is because the answer is is no so it was you know it was very taboo it was rarely if ever discussed um the the fact that this was going on this was not something that was talked about no one ever said ever hey how do you feel about this you mm. know that's also our you know parents generation and them not being in sure. therapy and stuff but you know i never saw a therapist at any point at all till really? my mid twenties, and wow, that's a lot to unpack on your own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just thought, like, wow. I mean, and it's just, I don't know. I, I love comedy, and this is, there's just the truth. My truth is this, and it's, and it's funny. So then, I don't know. <laughs> what was the moment you first stood on stage? What got you there? I, yeah, a long, long time ago. My first, I did like three musicals. I did about three musicals a year from when I was five on, um, like community theater and stuff. But it's just such an integral part of who I am. My first audition I ever, I was five. I spoke in a French accent the whole time. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> really? It's just like, I loved impressions and stuff. So just performing is just, yeah, I feel like it's weird. I it wasn't in anything you would have seen, but I do sort of identify as, a, I don't, I don't identify as that. That's a weird thing to say. But I feel like a child actor because I was acting so much as a child. And then when you're comfortable on stage, yeah. you you know, that's – I'm sure you guys, you're you so comfortable. I'm sure you have these experiences when you're young. And theater to stand-up was just kind of a natural yeah. transition as I got older. I noticed that with my friends who are more based in comedy, whether it be, you know, Meryl with the TV show or the podcast even – we are a lot more honest about our feelings in a different way than I ever experienced before comedy, you know, ah. and I definitely noticed a difference in myself uh, starting this podcast, talking honestly about like, yeah, this thing that just happened to me and it's embarrassing and sad and scary and I probably shouldn't tell the world, but here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you put it out there and it's the most liberating fucking thing to be able to talk about something that kind of hurts you, but then you take control of it. And I, I think that isn't, that is a generational thing now because our parents, like, I don't even know my dad. I mean, I do. <laughs> he's been my dad and, and he's been there. He's a hard worker. He's a good man. I don't know him. We never got to know each other. What he's do you still mean by a, that? I, he just doesn't share any information. I mm. asked him before because he was in the Vietnam War, but he wasn't in like in in the trenches or anything. He was in the Navy. He never saw any real battle. And I was like, "What was that like?" He's like, "Yeah, it was what it was." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay." Wow. Every time he calls me, I'm like, "How's it going?" He's like, "Ah, same shit, different day." Let me give you your phone to your mom. And I'm like, "Okay." It's like, it's not that he's not interested. He just doesn't know how to convey interest <laughs> or any even emotions. Like yeah, you don't know what he's afraid of. I don't of at know this point. Like, what makes my dad, my dad. And I yeah. think I am a response to that, which is like, I am just talking to everybody and, you know, putting my thoughts out there and really sharing. And I'm kind of good with kids. I mean, when I'm, stuffing them in the trunk <laughs> but like you know, <laughs> dying of laughter yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. no but it's like i think i am the i am the response 
to my parents. And I feel like this is, you are the response to your parents. Like mm. your way of dealing with that awful thing is to turn it into storytelling and comedy. And that's your therapy. Yes. Right? Do, totally therapeutic. Do you guys find that it's therapeutic for you to talk about? Oh my God. Like everything. On yeah. The podcast? Yes. I yeah. also feel 100%. like almost sometimes it's also almost you're like born with it. Like you're born with like you downloaded like this is how I will observe things and see things. And so like I feel like whatever will happen to me or what happened to me in life, there will always be some element of like just me like viewing it through a certain filter you know what i mean like right yeah 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 so it's almost i i do i totally agree with that as well is that like we respond to our parents but i also think there is some like of the the nature versus nurture where i do think like nature wise we are just born with like a type of a personality and if it's unless you're like locked in a jail cell or something you know you're going to have that come out mm. how you know how how it is yeah totally you were on an episode of barry mm -hmm. which is an amazing show and that episode was directed by Bill Hader mm -hmm. and so what was that experience like I mean because obviously he's directing you mm -hmm. that must have been a That's really awesome. weird moment for you to be like oh my god yeah well that was I mean that was one of the best days of my life you know that yeah. was like so incredible um but I guess like in terms of you know for people that they're not LA people listening it's, it feels so much more glamorous than it is you know to be honest so I was there like a few hours mm -hmm. I still say it's one of the best days of my life because I you know I think it's important to be present and acknowledge your accomplishments like that few hours was still the you know result of years and years yeah. and years just to get a few hours yeah you know so it was really cool to work with him. He's really nice, you know, polite, said hello, introduced himself and just wanted the best for his show, which makes sense because he's the star writer, director, creator. Yeah. Yeah. So if you make people feel respected and welcome, then they're going to work. They're going to do well on your project. Yeah. I remember he asked. Oh, he, he asked me, he goes, oh, so you're. You know, you're you're a groundling like that's so cool. And I was like, oh, no, I'm actually I'm not a groundling. You know, to become a groundling, they accept like I don't know if you guys know how competitive it is. I yeah. think they accept like one person like here and there, if ever. It's to just the, like to the Sunday shows or just as a in to general? the main stage. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. It's like next to impossible. And yeah. I'm my resume is accurate. Like it says what level I'm at at the groundlings. But I don't know if he saw that and was like, oh, you're a groundling. And I was like, oh, Bill, gotta love you. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> but I still think you can claim it. I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I right. think that that's like you like yeah I would I still like you know you're still like I feel like I would still pile that in under like yeah you're a groundling and like a UCB person and all that stuff yeah that's true he, he joked he was like oh yeah they they let me go you know I never made it to the ground you said something like that and we were in the van like driving to set when he said that and he was behind me I turned around and I was like Bill you're Bill Hader People go to the Groundlings to become Bill Hader. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> truly. And he was like, okay, thank you. Like, and, and even though he's like joking around, like the fact that he kind of even yeah. had that memory. Yeah. It's like, wow, LA comedy, it's all hard. People don't forget those rejections. Yeah. No matter yeah. who they are, those heartbreaks yep. are universal. Like, I'm sure he's not thinking every day, oh my gosh, I didn't make it to the Groundlings. I'm right. sure of that. But the fact that it even like crossed his mind to like say that to this 
this actress on the show. I was like, Bill, you are Bill Hader. <laughs> and he was like, okay, thank you. Yes, you're right. I'm Bill Hader. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And, and you're like, so that was right that yeah. like, everyone on the main stage is probably, that's like their pinnacle dream is to like get like 30% of what he's done. SNL and, yeah. and then his own show that he's starring in a writing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this yeah. is the dream. I'm like. That, oh. is, that is good. You know, right. it's, it's hard, I think, to get through that machine and put out content that is completely yours and have it end up turning out really good that people are talking about yeah. there's a lot of content by people who've gone through that system that you're like okay that's this new thing or that's their new thing whatever mm-hmm. whatever but like Barry is good it's a solid show so was it uh was it a huge moment obviously for you to get that call to say like you have been accepted to come work on Barry yes and this is so interesting I I feel like barely anyone has asked me about this and I just want to reflect back and really compliment you guys as hosts. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, I think a lot of people though, and look, and I will paint the picture for everyone. Like not, you know, it's not glamorous. I'm sure you guys know you have friends business. You're in the business. Like most of everything I did that day was cut in the end, Mm -hmm. even though I, I'm still confident. Like that was one of the best days of my life because that experience and getting that job. But like, even the scripted lines that I had were cut. All the improv that I did was cut, which is expected for yeah. improv to be cut. But like the fact that I was hired to improv on Bill Hader's set was that's you amazing. Know, yeah, so amazing. And but then your brain goes to, well, if that had made the show, like that footage would have been a game changer. Yeah, which I can't. I really can't use the footage because I mean, you see me like flip my head and I'm like ah, like I do something like that. Um, but like. If the scripted stuff had been in, that would have been so. Yeah. But but I don't know. I have a good attitude on it because it's like it happens. It won't be the last time that it happens. Right. right. But no, the call, it was like, I, I yeah, I was just like, I, I mean, it was just amazing. I was like, wait, really? Wait, really? And I'd been almost on so many things before that I hadn't gotten it. And it's funny that like Barry is such a bigger show than all these other things huh. that I had not gotten and it goes to show i mean even though it's just a small part i'm very aware i'm not like and now my life has changed i'm like no guys this is like one thing that happened but sometimes people get so bogged down on all these things they don't get yeah, yeah. but then really the next thing you do get might be bigger or better or more exciting or or than, barry. yeah than any yeah. of the other things that you yeah it's like you could not get a student film and then book a feature film. it's like yes everything exists completely i, I always say this it's like so weird yeah, if you didn't get it, it's because you weren't supposed to. That's just the way it is. <sighs> yeah. Or or a lot of times I say this to myself, is like if I don't have it, it's because I didn't want it bad enough. Because any, anything that I've ever really wanted, I've gotten. And that's not a dick, got, cocky thing to say. It's just like I put my heart and soul into getting it, into making it, into doing it. And it know? doesn't have to be like a specific no. sitcom. It could be like no. I want a sitcom role. Right. And then, yeah, yeah. If you, you put might your not mind get... to anything, you can get it. You know, that kind of <laughs> bullshit. Do you think that applies to um, – auditions i well i think because what comes up for me is well what about this auditions there's so many people so sometimes but i know what you mean underneath i'm curious like how you i think that what you just said is exactly the answer which is like yeah maybe you don't get that role that you wanted Mm -hmm. but then you weren't supposed to get that role you get like funneled into a different direction maybe maybe you would have gotten your lines on barry it would have changed your life in a direction that now you got pigeonholed into being just this character, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. 
But that no. would have been amazing. <laughs> You're like, I'll do the hair flip and all. Like, no. that is what I'm literally trying to be pigeonholed as every single day. <laughs> but maybe it would have sent you in a different direction than what truly your life is taking you. Mm. That experience is obviously super important. And the the next thing that you do get will show you like, oh, this is what, that's why I didn't get this. It's because of this, you know? Because right. you can look back and in, in reverse and be like, oh my gosh, if I hadn't, like I think about this, like if I hadn't met that one person, my entire life yeah. would be on a different path, right? If you had gotten your mm -hmm. big break, but it sent you over here, you might not get this other break that's about to come that will be like, oh, now starring in her own feature length film, blah, blah, blah. You just don't it's know. It's coming. Yeah. What you got to have faith. And you're such a such a positive person. Jesus. Thank I you. listen to you. I'm so like, you I keep looking at you going, great question. Uh, <laughs> do you, is, is auditioning now more of like an independent solitary process? Like in, I'm picturing, are you still in like waiting rooms with kind of girls that are like just like you? And Oh my God. All the time. Just a room and full do you of start Jewish seeing, women? Yeah. Yes. Do you start seeing the, um, the same girls that are like you again, you again. What's interesting. Yes. And no, like, I think there's definitely a group of us. Like we know that, we will continue to cross paths. <laughs> but then sometimes people like then they change their hair or they have a baby or then they book something and then they're out of the game because they're so it's yeah. like it does yeah. flow. Um, but I mean, I, I will say I I definitely struggle with compare and despair. Like I've gotten so much better. But I mean, it is really challenging when people that, you know, um who let's say haven't been here as long or haven't put in as much work and it's yeah. not like an elitist thing it's just some people actually haven't and right. they know that and yeah. everyone knows that get yeah. something is i think kind of unique and specific to entertainment because that's not how a lot of the world like works. accountants aren't just like right. they randomly got that accountant job and i've been trying for it and yeah yeah yeah, yeah, right. yeah but with no, no experience right yeah. But nepotism is still prevalent, I guess, in other industries in its own ways. And, and, you know, weird things do happen. Like you could still have a dad help you get a job in a different business, even though well, everyone I mean, says it's just acting. It's not. Not, not you. No offense. <laughs> right. Literally not me. <laughs> no, I actually have, uh, I would say, a hard, I do actually have a hard time with that specifically when someone... Um, someone's father is successful and that mm. is linked to some part of their success. Right. Really? Because I just think, well, not only do I not have that opportunity, like, I don't even have a regular dad that could, like, <laughs> yeah. call anyone <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm like, dang. Yeah. Like, that's something to, for me to work on. I, I definitely thought about that. And I don't, both, thank goodness, both mm -hmm. of my parents are still alive. Mm -hmm. um, not to rub it in, but in, that's <laughs> just a thing. You can't uh, be on my podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. Yeah, totally, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's do a little bit more. See that boo and you by bow, and now it's time for a little bit slower. I have a documentary that comes to mind in a book. Ooh, Do it. Nice. The documentary is called One Last Hug because I like to keep it really happy over here. Um, it's on HBO and it's spotlighting a camp called Camp Aaron put on by the Our House organization. And it's a camp for kids who have lost a parent or sibling. I found the documentary super inspiring. Even if you haven't lost someone, especially if you haven't, sometimes it's nice to have just that perspective of, yeah and it encouraged me and now i volunteer for that organization really so. oh nice that's a really cute 30 minute doc if you just want to like sob hysterically one night you're welcome is that camp here 
It is all over the country. Oh, okay. Good yep. question. So, what yeah. was the name of it again? It's the documentary is called One Last Hug. Okay. The camp is Camp Aaron. So anyone who is interested in volunteering for that camp, what I love about it is it's just two nights. So it's a really doable time commitment, and it is the most fun, inspiring weekend of my year. I literally walk out feeling like. A million bucks, Aww. and I recommend it to anyone. You guys, you guys have a camp podcast, so yeah, you better get on this camp. <laughs> I would love that. Both yeah. they would love yeah. you. Let, let's commit. Let's commit. Okay, yeah. I would totally do that. You guys would actually Can we really it? like it. Yeah, it's the amazing. weekend with you. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. literally could. All right, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. All right, we're doing. But it. I was like, uh, no, okay, yeah. No, no, no I actually love kids. Yeah. I did the Big Brother Big Sister program one time, but they paired me with a complete asshole. We'll go into that later, but like, yeah, it didn't work out. Anyway, I do love. He got rejected by his little brother. The little brother didn't want to be with yeah, him. Yeah, he was like, whoa. I don't want my brother to be a faggot. And I was like, whoa, <gasps> whoa, Jesus. Wait, yeah. is that really what he yeah, said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely was like, oh, you're kind of gay. I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. Right. I don't know why he sounds older than me, but like, <laughs> and uses words that I would never really use. I apologize to my listeners. No, but that's what happened. That's what yeah. happened. Um, okay, what about the book? Um, the book I recommend is called The Power of Now. Ooh, but, yeah, yeah the Eckhart Tolle. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a really transformational book that talks about how the only thing that exists is right now, the past and the future. We spend so much of our mind in when really those things don't exist. Mm. It's not to deny their existence, but it's it's just very accessible. Talking about right now is what matters. So I would recommend that even more than any grief book I've ever read that mm. helped me grief the most. Really? That's awesome. Cause it was just like, I've heard present. this. So many people told me to check it out and mm -hmm. I know what it is and that it exists mm -hmm. and I just haven't. And so I appreciate that. I'm probably not going to check it out still because I'm <laughs> right, just lazy. Perfect. Not There's right now. <laughs> in the future. Different now. Yeah, in the yeah. future. Okay, great. In the future, I'm going to get to it. Uh, Chelsea, <laughs> funny. you're fucking rad. We love you. You're Thank awesome. You. It's been so good talking to you. Thanks. And we wish you the greatest success in all your series regulars. Oh, my God. Thank you. You've, you've, we, you tested for the sitcom in our yeah. hearts, and we would like to we invite like you to, to be you the, the next seven years. You know what you're yeah. working oh with? Oh, my yeah. God. You guys are so cute. I'm going <laughs> to cry. This is like the best interview of my life. I feel like so inspired. Yeah. Yes. We love you so much. Right. Will, will you be a part two in like a few months? Uh, yeah. Next week. Okay. Uh, let's come back. <laughs> as soon as our parents die, we'd love to be on your podcast. Oh, my God. Please call Perfect. me first. Okay. Like that, Now I have a silver lining to my If I worry about my parents dying, I'm like, but I could be on Chelsea's podcast. <laughs> Wait, uh, can I say where people can? Yes, we want yes, you to of course. Plug that's everything. the worst that I no, no. just. No, no, no. no, no, no. We're gonna. We, we definitely we always, always say do that. that. Oh, you're yeah. going to? Okay, I'll yeah. wait until you do. No, no okay. Ah! Sorry, <laughs> don't do that. That's amazing. It's. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god, she's maniacal too. Yeah, uh, Chelsea, I'm Bo so yells glad. Don't at me for screaming maniacally. <laughs> This is so funny. Oh, my God. Chelsea, I'm so glad well. you brought it up. We'd love to plug you. Yes. Uh, where can people I mean, find you? This is like the worst day of my life that I said that. <laughs> no. I kind of want you to cut it, but I'm also like, no, 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 no. we're leaving it. Primal shit. Primal shit. I'm like, people need to cut. But it, it is true. Like when people actually, I this is inspired by when I listen to podcasts and there's, you know, sometimes people are fine, but sometimes you're like really into someone and then they don't say like where to find them? I'm like I'm not gonna look it up. Who like, does that? I feel you like have to spoon feed yeah. it to me. At the end of every podcast, everyone has to say with their social media. That's just like what it is. That's a rule. That's a rule. I yeah. think. Wait, what? Is we would that? never yeah, break okay. that rule. Okay. I love that though. Okay, so dying of laughter. 
Yes, so the podcast called Dying of Laughter would love for anyone to check it out. And it's new, so I'm super open to feedback if people have questions. Dying of Laughter podcast at gmail.com. And then my Instagram is at underscore Chelsea. Who else? So funny. Underscore. You're so not annoying for a comic on Instagram as well. I feel like you're a very like you post when you have to. They're good, solid posts. Like you in Italy, you in, like I just, I appreciate that. And not it's not you're, <laughs> like I feel you. like you don't have an Insta story of like your life every seven seconds like some of our comic friends do and stuff. You know, <laughs> but but it, like it's, she, I just appreciate it. It's a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Well, it's like you know I feel like people that are afraid of it and don't post at all. Like that's not realistic for this business but you also don't have to do it all the time like what's your healthy relationship where it's happening without like being overwhelming so thank you for saying yes and then is there a a quick place that people can see um do you have a youtube page as well of like all your like the commercials that bo was talking about chelswhoelse.com that's c-h-e-l-s who else e-l-s-e like i have a curated of like just just the goodies so you don't have to see all the stuff but that's like the like the kfc in alaska and berries one second that's amazing we'll, we'll be on there. that's a great second though that's yeah. that's a wonderful second which episode was it which season uh it was season one episode three season one episode three yes i'm going back <laughs> you're like if you went to the bathroom you missed it <laughs> well thank yeah. you so much this is the part now where we say goodbye and then you'll hear some music and then Bo and i will talk a little bit which will have us get into a big fight (laughs) thank you chelsea we love you okay shalom bye shalom oh my god (laughs) you know there's some people that we interview that i'm like they were so interesting right Mm -hmm. i'm really glad that we got to know them a little better and then there are these people that I'm like, you are my new friend. Yeah, we're friends. And I will see you when I come to your city and we will get coffee and we will have drinks. And I just feel like I want to just be a champion for her. You know? Me too. Chelsea's awesome. Now, you'll hear uh, once or twice throughout the interview that she was worried that I was going to get a parking ticket. Uh, <laughs> I just want to fess up. And Chelsea, we haven't even told you this yet. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we broke our interview for a little bit and then I went downstairs to go pay the meter and I realized I got a parking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to keep everyone updated on that. But this is well worth it. What's funny about that is that Chelsea kept saying to us yeah. like, hey, you should go check it. And then she's like, actually, you know what? I'm just being like overly protective. It's it's not a big deal. And in the, the three and a half so years I've lived here, no one has ever in the history of history gotten a ticket. Not even and we're one like, person. Oh, okay, okay. We walked down and then Meryl's got ticket, the ticket. A big fat <laughs> ticket. But honestly, I feel like I'm just going to use it in my mind as like we paid to hang out with a great person. Oh. It was almost like a club entrance fee. Yeah. You know, we got to go hang out at the Chelsea club. Yeah, it was it was bottle service. Yeah, honestly. We got Chelsea bottle service. <laughs> so I hope you guys liked that interview as much as we did. Yeah, she's great. Check her out. Please make sure you check her out. She's got a lot of stuff going on. And yeah. her podcast is amazing. Dying so. of laughter. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again, Chelsea. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you again soon. Bye. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB and J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Meryl on Instagram at campfireshitshow, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode.
up at Campfire Shit Show. But it's called Dying of Laughter. Wait. Now Yeah, it's called Dying okay. of Laughter. Oh my god, that just scared me too. Did you forget the name of your own part out. Okay, it sure. is, right? No, it's funny. No, actually maybe that. Maybe a blooper at the end. <laughs> okay, okay. But it is called Dying of Laughter, right? We are really are now Dying of Laughter. What if you're like it's dying, actually called like like decorating? It, it would be Dying of Laughter. <laughs> yes. I was I just like Not Dying totally, with laughter. Exactly. I had the same my Wait, brain no, just really did the scared. same thing. Did you, you have that business card? Again? I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Dying no. of laughter. It's dying of laughter, yes. Okay. Not okay. From, Oh wow! That makes me so happy because <laughs> I'm like a campfire. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when you're trying moment. to explain your idea and then you forget it, kind of, you're like, oh shit. Never mind. It's not gonna work. <laughs>